Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you doing? Doing well, thank good. you. Good. Thank you. We have a few things to go over. The world is not perfect yet, <laughs> and there's a few points that we'd like to make. <laughs> so, uh, but, but we've been uh, reporting, of course, in this past year a lot on COVID and uh, the, the, the horrors of lockdown. Yeah. And, uh, and I have uh, been also trying to emphasize the fact that uh, we are entering a phase of a correction to the manipulation of money and credit for, for many, many years, much worse than the last couple of years by the Federal Reserve. And we're seeing economic problems there. You know, at the, um, at the same time, we have uh, a lot of people uh, now starting to react against all the nonsense. We've complained mostly, probably 75% of the time we're saying, why, why do you put up with this? Yeah. You ought to resist, resist. And uh, I think today we see, uh, see some examples of that happening because it's not going to change. If, you're, if, if the people are complacent and say nothing and they don't resist, uh, then uh, it's not going to change. But with resistance in the various ways, uh, you know, it can be done. It can be done by, uh, you know, political action, but it can be done with education or it can be done with peaceful demonstrations. And uh, and I think this is one that we, we want to talk about today because we've complained a lot about Australia, what disappointed yeah. because I've, I've mentioned I had this image, oh, you know, Australia, maybe it's like Texas or, yeah. or Alaska or something, a real independent spirit. So we've been disappointed how how statism has progressed there, but uh, you know, the emotions sometimes can change attitudes rapidly, and hopefully this is more than just a short-term emotional reaction. But the uh, people in Australia now spoke out in these last several days, especially they made the news and they're resisting. They're demonstrating and said, "We've had enough of this." What you're doing to is totally un inconsistent. Uh, you, you don't give the uh, same orders to everybody, and the k kids are being abused, and they had every reason so in Melbourne. A few people showed up, thousands showed up, and I think you have some pictures of that to show uh, how, how determined they're, they're getting to be. And I think that, that is a very good sign, and uh, when more and more people do this, so. People who see this or hear about it, uh, there should be some encouragement, you know, for those who think and understood and and leaned in this direction of being critical of what's happening. They may feel better about it, people speaking out. Sometimes people just don't want to be the first one out on a limb. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and uh, but numbers give confidence, especially if they're you know joining us in the uh, in the struggle to have uh, our answers come from free markets and volunteerism and less government and civil liberties rather than the authoritarians using an excuse uh, to uh, return to a concerted effort that we lived with for over a hundred years in the world and that is to promote uh, uh, you know Marxism and now we hear that word thrown around too frequently for my for my taste but uh, let's just hope that we'll get more resistors and add a few every day. It's really fascinating what's happening in Australia, and we were wondering when it was going to happen because I sort of have that sense. Maybe I watch too many movies, but that it was that kind of Texas spirit. But, you know, all through the lockdowns, and I think Australia has been locked down more than any country on Earth, 
I think close to a year now they've been completely locked down. And of course, the, to the elites, that's fine because they stay home in their pajamas, they do their work from home, they hang around and watch TV, God knows what. Uh, that's all fine with them. They've had a great time over this. But the people that actually work for a living, the waiters, the waitresses, the workers, construction workers, well, they've been out of work and they've had a nightmare all along. So finally now, when they've started to come out to work, of course, the government will give you, a, a, you, know, give you a, a, an inch and take a mile. Well, here's the, the latest timeline of what's happening. And we can actually, we'll run some video in a second, but I just want to give the timeline first. This is as of about the past couple of weeks or so. First of all, the, um, the um, mandate said that construction workers, and this is a workers' revolt, which is fascinating. So construction workers, they're used to taking their uh, afternoon tea, their break, uh, in a cafe, and the government said you can't do that anymore unless you can show your vaccine passport. They said okay, so they set up their table in the middle of the streets and they had their tea and they had their break in the middle of the streets. Well, the government didn't like that at all, and so they said you have to have a mandate to w even work. And so what they did is uh, they set up in the street and then the, uh, and they protested more and the government said okay, you want to play this game, we'll play this game. No construction for two weeks, no construction in the whole area for two weeks, you're all out of work. And that's when they took to the streets and they started blocking the main thoroughfares, blocking the freeways. And in fact, let's look at a couple of these videos right now. We have three clips. Some of them, Dr. Paul, they are understandably angry, so we couldn't play them unless we turned the sound <laughs> way down. But let's look at a couple of these videos. Uh, this is, I think, today in Melbourne, Australia. These are construction workers. Let's look at the next one now. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting, different kind of protest. It's the blue collar protest. Usually the left likes this, but they wouldn't like this one. <laughs> workers, Dr. Paul, when their unions were not backing them sufficiently as they thought they should, this third clip will show what they did to the union bosses. They are not having any of this. Let's do this third and last video clip of these are the construction workers in Melbourne having a little chat with their union bosses. Dramatic. The authoritarians inevitably justify what they're doing out of humanitarian instincts and reasons. You know, take care of the poor, help the middle class, and soak it to the rich. Yeah. And it's been going on. It's going on right now. But uh, it's it's going to get worse because uh, the climactic end of a monetary crisis of a wild inflation is the wiping out of the middle class. And this is it. So they get, the middle class is getting wiped out uh, 
you know, there'll be a time they're going to see demonstrations like this that would occur in the countries that had runaway inflation. And it's middle class, it's the poor people who suffer the most and the rich get, that's when they pick up on the transfer of wealth. So that's, uh, that's still going on, but it's coinciding, you know, with, uh, with the COVID and also what's, what's occurring already with the adjustment to the monetary system. And indeed, uh, there is, uh, there, there's, there's a, a lot of individuals getting much poorer, and uh, that is the motivation and the reason that the Marxists have coming have come out of the woodwork. They're they're out there and they get all kinds of they get celebrity status. What is a wonder for me is they get celebrity status like they're really doing a lot of good. Of course, the right the right uh, the conservatives will make fun of them, but it's not like how serious it really is, you know, and they talk about it. Well, it looks like, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's not a bad cold. It's, it's, it's COVID. But uh, what they're, what they're trying to say is, is these, these conditions are all manageable as long as you do what we tell you and, and eventually people wake up and that's what's happening in Melbourne. It's just great because that is what happens because eventually the system goes broke. Yeah. And all the debt that's piled up for decades now, I argue the case that that debt has to be liquidated before you have honest economic growth again. And that's painful, very painful because there's couple different ways debt is liquidated but that is going to happen and uh, these these mistakes that make will have to be liquidated too and that's what that's what these crowds are trying to do is liquidate the authoritarians are yeah. telling them you have no freedom and we're not you're getting the special privileges and you're claiming you're taking care of us we will obey and we'll they'll give us food stamps and free everything yeah. well those days are ending and it's vital that the people sort it out and find out where the cause came from and what we have to do to fix it. We're going to paraphrase our friend Gerald Salenti. When people are out there and they have nothing less to lose, they lose it. And that's, I think, what we're, hap- we're uh-huh. seeing here. But the thing about this, I know it's all started as peaceful protests in Australia, although you're not allowed to protest even peacefully under the lockdown rules. Peaceful protests. And then the government called in the military. And the military came in, and we saw a couple of clips yesterday. The police and the military are beating the holy crap out of people that are protesting, spraying them in the face with pepper spray. Now, if this were Russia or Belarus or China, they would have sanctions slapped on them, or Iran, they would have sanctions slapped on them by the entire civilized world. But everyone's turning a blind eye when it comes to Australia. And you ask yourself, well, why are people getting finally fed up with it? And let's look at uh, some, a couple of these photographs that I have here. Uh, the first one now is just a picture of them starting the freeway. But the next one answers the question, why are the Australian people fed up? And this says everything. These are the lockdowns and the lines are the cases. The lockdown after lockdown after lockdown for more than a year have done nothing to change the trajectory of the virus. And so what are they doing now? People are upset, they're losing it. They're going in the streets and saying enough is enough. How is the mainstream media responding? Let's look at that next picture. Here is what they're going to do. They're painting it like this. Experts say the far right and anti-vaxxers are infiltrating the industry protests. That's what they're gonna do. They're gonna say that these guys who look awfully a lot like construction workers to me, they're actually neo-Nazis out there protesting because we all know that Australia is chock full of Nazis, right? 
Isn't it amazing how far they've gotten by the new enemy now that's about to threaten our whole system of government are the people who are the anti-vaxxers, the, the unvaccinated. Yeah. They're, the, they're the most dangerous people in the world. And they're dangerous to the people who have been vaccinated. And this has been said over and over again, and maybe someday it'll sink in. What, what are they sweating? I thought that's why you are you're using guns and rounding up people and threatening people, firing people, kicking them out of school if you don't get your shot in order to make you happy. And uh, because then you have to, uh, then their argument is, well, they're dangerous to the people who have been vaccinated and, and the people are supposed to accept this as, uh, as being logical and there's no logic to it. Matter of fact, it's so silly and I guess it's been said so often, you know, but if you say, repeat the lie often enough, people will finally believe in it. But these people that we watch here in Melbourne are beginning to uh, drift away from uh, believing everything they're told is the truth. They're waking up now and saying, you know, it looks like we've been lied to. Yeah. Well, I think you quoted a few weeks ago in one of your columns, Santiana, which is those who don't learn from history are condemned to repeating it. And this, I mean, this is literally, if you don't understand history, this is exactly what the Nazis did to the Jews very early on. Uh, they're vermin. They're dirty. They live unclean lives. You've got to stay away from them. We're doing it for your own health. And I was just reading an article yesterday, and I can't recall where it was right now, but it just hit me. But when they were burning down synagogues, when the Nazis took over the city, it's for the health. This is an unhealthy place. These people are unclean and unhealthy. This is exactly what we're, what we're starting to see now. Uh, and it's, it's, it, it doesn't end well. It really doesn't uh, end well at all. And just think symbolically how much closing the churches down. Uh, hopefully that still isn't going on. Maybe uh, more people have been brave enough to go to church. Yeah. But, you know, at the beginning there, they, you know, maybe half of the churches just stayed empty. Yeah. Or yeah. Who knows how, how many. But p people were, were intimidated. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess our, talking about being intimidated, our next article <laughs> is about uh, a place that I really like, Baton Rouge. It's such a pretty town. But they've got a totalitarian university there, and I don't have a clip for this, but Louisiana State University is up to some, some crazy stuff out there, don't you? Boy, there, there's no, no doubt about it. Uh, if you don't follow the rules, you get kicked out. Yeah. But fairly. They do it fairly <laughs> because you, you've been here, you signed up, you gave us a bunch of money. It's only a month or two, but you're not following the rules, and you're a danger to us because you've not been vaccinated, and we're, we're scared you're going to spread the disease, and on and on. So uh, they're kicking out of school uh, 78 students <laughs> because in these last couple of weeks they did not accommodate, they did not fulfill. And uh, the, the um, uh, people, they... they are, are t take it. They, they got half, they paid money in, they got half their money back. Oh, that's not like a good deal for the university. It's too bad they didn't ha get half educated because <laughs> they got negative education, yeah. you know, from, from all this. But uh, this is, this is uh, you know, the absurdity of all this. And you, you like Baton Rouge, and I have a granddaughter that lives over there in school and different things, but it, it, is, it is a real tragedy on, on what's happening here. But it's very characteristic to say 
because you mentioned the university and those were where the seeds are planted yeah. of all this nonsense that we put up with you know I, I, you know they also do something in colleges and that is um, you, you know the fun people have at football games yeah, I'm yeah. Bringing that. but but the whole thing is is maybe they're not compatible yeah. maybe maybe these people who uh, want to do lockdown maybe people having fun at a football game just drives them nuts and, and of course it, it's uh, not as bad as it was but it's still is still a problem because I don't think they uh, said well if you want to go to a football game you can uh, in, in uh, Louisiana State will make an excuse for you uh, they're not uh, quite influential enough to, to get to go to the football game but it is um, it is a big mess uh, and the, the the government and the authorities just want you know the obedience which we've been lecturing about and talking about for months now uh, and that's what they want in an, in, an, uh, in an authoritarian state is obedience what good is authority if you're not obeying yeah. and you can't obey unless people are scared to death and they have realistic penalties if they don't obey and that's what they do they end up with it kick you out of school you yeah. know and this sort of Ruin thing your life. you know and I kept thinking I wonder I wonder if this could be I, what <laughs> if this could be a blessing in disguise yeah. for somebody Somebody's getting good. out of there and saying, "Hey, that's not the place. Yeah. That's not the place to get again ahead in the world and learn something." Because yeah. uh, so often now people are talking about how expensive schools are and how little prepared they are yeah. uh, when they leave. Well, this is the this is the theme that we've been hitting home over and over. These are the elites versus the, the little people. Now, these college football games, we love seeing them happen. We love to see all the no masks. We love to see people get together. But it's also big money for the universities. You fill a stadium with 100,000 people, you're charging, I don't know, 100 bucks a ticket, 50 bucks. This is big money. Coaches make millions of dollars. They make more than the, than the head of the college and the rector of the university. This is big money. They can't afford to let that go by, but they certainly can't pick on the little guy. They can take out 78 <laughs> students and say, we're going to make an example of you, and this is just what we see over and over. There's one set of rules for the elites and the and and those that are financially secure, and there's another set of the rules for the rest of us. And now they're moving in the directions of um, making football players for the reason you talk about, uh, you, you know, professional in the sense <clears throat> that they will be paid salaries, and I think it'll just get much much worse because and the, the other thing on professional sports, as much as I talk favorably of uh, the people who like it is that uh, the the uh, the sporting events are are just overwhelmed by the people who really want to get out and celebrate and it contradicts everything they said the the uh, the authoritarians can't stand it yeah they can't but you know there are so many examples of it and I do I, I have some hope even in the midst of despair <laughs> that pointing out the hypocrisy might give us a little bit of leverage and in fact our next little segment if we can put up that next um, picture that next uh, JPEG this is from uh, Paul Joseph Watson. He has a great piece here, Zero Hedge, put it on. Health authorities claim performers, the rich and famous, are exempt from mask rules. And this is, an, uh, this is a story about the Emmys, uh, and I'm not sure if it's movie or theater, but it's an awards that take place in, uh, in Hollywood uh, every year. And this year it was jam-packed with superstars, so there was no social distancing whatsoever. None of them wore masks. As Paul Joseph Watson says in that video, they're hugging and slobbering on each other for hours and hours at a time. Uh, no masks, no problems. But when you look at everyone who was serving them, the servant class, every one of them was forced to have a mask on. 
And when some people ask the authorities, the LA County Department of Public Health, you know, what's going on here? If it's, why don't these people have to have it and these others do? Let's say, well, there's an exemption for people who are performers. That's exempt. And Paul Joseph Watson sarcastically said, well, does the virus recognize that and is going to skirt around those who are performers and only go to the people who are the lowly servants of the glorious performers? But that's been tradition throughout the ages that uh, the socialist attitude, the authoritarians, uh, it, it never involves the people who who have to be there because they're elite and they, they know how to take care of people and make sure that it's equitable and everybody's taken care of, 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 uh, of in an equal manner. And the, um, the elite uh, are always going to be there, but it's also something that uh, if, if there's uh, still life in us, it should be a motivator. You know, people, because when people hear these stories, that's why we like to talk about it. People say, that is disgusting. You know, and they might just uh, decide to hold up a sign yeah. and say, you know, this is ridiculous and uh, this isn't fair. And, uh, and why we have history, if they can be shown history, that actually shows that this, this is what's happened so many, many times. Why do you go along with it? And it's always because it's, uh, there's a couple things, uh, fear and also uh, they make it, make it fearful and they also are uh, promise safety and safety and they'll be taken care of. They scare them to death, so they have to have somebody take care of them. And so, so they capitulate and they say, yes, t- take care of me. And I don't like the word, uh, of course, I think safety is really important, but I just don't think uh, the government's capable of providing safety. I mean, if that was their goal and they're already very much involved uh, on some things like uh, how, wh- how much exercise you get. And the, the total communist state, you know, had everybody exercising from oh, yes. in the morning, you know, and they thought that was very important. So that's uh, beside the point. Uh, safety is one thing, but when the government takes it over, when you have safety and security and scare them to death, uh, the people do roll over. And, and so many that I've met in this past year, people, <laughs> I was pretty surprised that they rolled over. Yeah. And, and, and they said, well, yeah, that's true, but people could die from this. Yeah, but people can die from uh, government actions, too. Think of many people the government killed in wars. Yeah. And so the wars against COVID is uh, dangerous as well as some of the wars we fight overseas. That's why the media is, that mainstream media is desperate to maintain this lie that this is only the knuckle-dragging Trump supporters who are opposing any of this. Everyone else is on board. And it does remind me, sadly, we do learn from history. If you talk about the SR and the SD, the Social Democrats and Social Revolutionaries in Russia around the time of the revolution that cheered on the revolutionaries, they were the first ones to the gulag. So I wish our friends on the left who have a natural inclination to question uh, the elites who believe they have special privileges, uh, certainly the honest ones do, would stop for a second and realize that people who oppose us are not uh, your enemies. You know, these are, we can, we can oppose this together. But speaking of hypocrites, you know, the mayor of San Francisco, I would not go back to that town. Uh, the mayor of San Francisco, and I lived there, London Breed. Let's put up this next clip. What a terrible person. She put out an order. You must now wear a mask indoor public buildings, even if you're fully vaccinated. And then she was discovered in a nightclub having a good time. She's partying. She's dancing. She's singing. She does not have a mask on, nor does anyone in her elite party. 
And they asked her, hey, what's going on? She said, you know, basically, what's the big deal? Quote, I started dancing because I was feeling the spirit. And I wasn't thinking about a mask. I was thinking about having a good time. Classic, classic. Isn't exactly what people like Noosem and the others say. The rules are for them. And then when they pushed her a little further, here's what she said. Think of the irony of this, Dr. Paul. This is the person who imposed the order. She said, don't feel as though you have to be micromanaged about mask wearing. Like, we don't need the fun police to come in and try to micromanage and tell us what should or shouldn't be doing. She's the very one who did it. She's the one that put it in. It's so sick. It's, it's, it's almost, <coughs> I don't know how they get away with it. Well, <clears throat> the only thing that can be helpful if the message gets out, we express ourselves, other people will become aware of it, and this attitude spreads, the attitude that we think is proper, that this is pure hypocrisy. They are thinking about themselves. They're, they're doing what the leaders of, of authoritarian countries have always done. The leaders, do you think the Soviet leaders didn't get medical care and food? Oh, yeah. yeah, they were well taken care of. So that's, that's the, I don't know of anything else, but it's powerful. You know, and if we get enough people, you know, it's a powerful thing to have a message and the time has come for it and the people are waking up. I mean, if you, uh, if, if you were talking to these people who decided to go out in Melbourne, what if you get up on the corner and say, okay, folks, this is pretty good, but I'm, I'm, for, I'm for waiting a little bit and get more people educated. No, the time has come yeah, yeah. <laughs> for it. So when the time has come, it, you, it will not be stopped, and uh, the police will look like jerks that they have been. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're all painted one way, but uh, you know the whole the whole mess in the inner cities that happened last year. That that again. Uh, the, this hypocrisy was pointed out when the people's, the small shop owners, the minority shop owners, yeah. their buildings were being ransacked and torn up, and uh, and yet, um, and, and the police wouldn't do anything. But where were the gated communities? Yeah. The people who wrote all the laws. Yeah. Now it's that hypocrisy that is going to be a powerful weapon for us to emphasize the reason that it's time to resist all the nonsense. And speaking of hypocrisy, and this is part B of this last section, let's look at the next photograph. This is now iconic, a photograph of Alexandria Cortez wearing a very expensive dress that says, Tax the Rich. Okay, well, let's look at that next picture. Nancy Pelosi, estimated to be worth $114 million, says capitalism has, quote, not served us well. All <laughs> right. Well, I just thought of something. Pelosi probably has more money than AOC. AOC probably wants to be as rich as her, yeah. and she's on her way. She's uh, uh, she's doing quite she's well savvy, for herself. Very savvy. But uh, I would think if they want socialism, Nancy Pelosi should give half her money to AOC. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure she's anxious to do that. But isn't it amazing yeah. that? Uh, this, this is apparent. We're not revealing some secret information. Of course, there was a little bit more in the news this week because uh, the family, the husband, I guess, was involved. They, they were uh, indicating that quite possibly they've worked on insider information uh -huh. in making a killing on some stocks 
because uh, we're, we're changing the value. And Nancy Pelosi, I think, knows a few people that she might get inside information like that. So it's, it's, uh, it's the hypocrisy, folks. Wake up. It looks hypocritical. And if, it's, if they're arguing the case that they're doing it for the children, <laughs> ask, a, ask a good question. And when they tell you they're going to make you safe and secure and take care of you from cradle to grave and, and make you happy, I'd be a little bit leery of that type of a promise. There is no justice when it comes to the elites. You know, they can do whatever they want. Well, I'm, I'm basically done. I'm just going to do one last graph. I haven't done them in a while, although we did one earlier. And this is Washington, D.C. You know, Dr. Paul, I wrote about this on my personal Facebook page, but I went into D.C. when I was there. We, uh, my kids wanted to go to the zoo, and I walked in. I had to use the restroom, and they had the mask order there uh, indoors. And so I walked in, and some big, huge guy, uh, pretty feminine, but pretty big guy, started screaming at me like he was having a panic attack. There was nobody else in the entire building, but he was the worker, and he started screaming, I'm calling the police, I'm calling the police. Where's your mask? I'm calling the police. And it was crazy. It just shows how insane it is. But let's just hope that mask order is working. Three weeks into the mask order, no, two months into the mask order in D.C. Let's hope it's down. Let's hope it's working. Let's look at the next picture. Three months, two months in. Oh, no. <laughs> July 31st, mask mandate reinstated. And look at the cases. And Troy Eccles writes, in yet another example of how unquestionably and immediately effective masks are, it's been nearly two months since D.C. reinstated the mask mandate for all. And cases are up a mere 347%. That, that mask, I'm sure that guy in the zoo feels great that he kicked well, me out of the restaurant. They're a bunch of hypocrites. But their policies, uh, hypocrite doesn't tell, are totally worthless. Yeah. You know, you know, they, you know <laughs> I remember a few things that we did when I, when I was in office. And you probably heard me say, well, your job is not so tough. You get a bill, and I need information. And uh, I said, because I'm not going to vote for anything that's unconstitutional. I go, okay, we'll do that. And, uh, and I, would, uh, I would also add, most of the time, you can read the title. And you, the title is always wonderful. And just make the basic assumption that what they're intending to do is exactly opposite of the announcement. You, 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 you know, like the Patriot Act. Yeah. We want good patriots to defend our country. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's the opposite. And yet it goes on and on and on. That's why um, as years went on, I became uh, less supportive of the na notion that governments are worth a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not to the point where there will be no government. I like self-government. I like local government. I like secessionist in, uh, movements in government. But uh, over, overall, especially looking at what's going on in Washington today, uh, even the few years that I've been out, uh, I'd have to say things are a lot worse uh, because I, I think there was at least I was able to achieve at least uh, a conversation with people, even if it had nothing to do with anything important, but it was a conversation. Now, uh, it's, it's not like that at all. And, and that's because, and one of my explanations, is we're bankrupt. Our country is bankrupt. We're financially bankrupt, and we are uh, morally bankrupt. And, and it doesn't get better by writing another law unless you have morality in the people who are going to follow the law. A lot of people ask me about the Constitution. Do we, we need to have a Constitution? Convention. We need to uh, need need to rewrite it and do this. 
I said, well, it isn't a perfect document, but I tell you what, uh, if uh, it, it isn't the problem with the with the documents, it's the problem with the people, uh, because there's you, you know people don't follow the Constitution. We've mentioned so often how silly they thought it was that I didn't want to uh, uh, support or encourage any type of a war that didn't follow the rules that said the people should have a say through their members of the Congress to vote for the rule and presidents just can't move around the world starting wars and calling them police action. That doesn't work. So it isn't just the Constitution. We just had the Constitution Day, and that is important, but it's also important that somebody knows and understands what they are and have people who are supposed to be helping us protect our freedoms will do more to do exactly that. That is what we need. What we need is more liberty and then uh, more concentration on the whole idea of how peace and prosperity will be promoted under those conditions. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Please come back soon.